0: Coming to a city near you, probably soon, Uh, today, the fourth largest city in the United States of America, the 211th largest city in the world, Houston, Texas, Uh, residents are waking up again without safe drinking water. Officials say a power outage at a purification plant meant that the water pressure system was too low. ...to ensure the water was free of bacteria and other contaminants. So now it's up to all the residents to, you know, boil water. So it also means that the school district was forced to shut down. Not sure why we needed to shut down the school. Send in bottled water. Don't drink out of the drinking fountain. Probably shouldn't be doing that anyway. And you could still go to school. But anyway, they shut down the school and said... ...boil your water for at least two minutes before drinking, brushing your teeth washing your hands. They claim that they expect to have the notice lifted today. Uh, Today is the 29th of November, 2022. We shall see. I think that we still, does Flint still have drinking water? I I thought, I I thought uh, the Flint thing was still ongoing and it's been at least a half a dozen years in Flint, Michigan, where that was a pipe problem, the lead piping issue that was never fixed. So we'll see. Uh, Just be prepared. Uh, Coming to a city near you very soon, be prepared to boil your own water. Build a fire, boil your water to drink, okay? To be safe. (laughs) That might not be a bad thing to do anyway, but what do I know? Welcome. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. (laughs) It's about time. It's about time. The World Health Organization, the WHO, announced uh, it's now going to uh, refer to monkeypox virus as mpox. So, I mean, is it mpox, formerly monkeypox virus, or is it just mpox? Now, the result is from a six-month effort, which we talked about, to find a non-discriminatory alternative to avoid stigma. I guess the name monkeypox has to be phased out over the next year. Has to be phased out. I mean, just stop calling it that. (laughs) I don't understand. It's just mpox now. We're still going to call it monkeypox because that's what it is. But okay, I mean, if you want to call it mpox, fine. We'll call it mpox, okay? Uh, The change, of course, uh, we saw 80,000 infections earlier this year, 55 deaths across 110 countries. We just got done talking, I don't know, last week or the the week before about what happened to it. Uh, The numbers are still, you know, almost nothing, right? I mean, in the U.S., we're still under 30,000 cases with 14 deaths. And when you look at the global outbreak map, We have uh, just over 81,000 total cases. So it's gone up very slow. So it's down to almost nothing. Uh, It will always be around. It is an endemic disease now. So I know that the WHO has a broader, you know, I don't know, plan to uh, rid themselves of naming diseases without referencing a group of people, animals, or locations. So we're just going to have to start, just like Starbucks, they're going to put, when you make your order, they're just going to say, okay, your order number 12, and no more names, no more. We're getting to know people. We don't care. We want you to be, feel welcome. So we're just going to give you a number. And this is what we're going to do with diseases too. All right. It's going to look like Mpox, but it's just going to be disease 110 in the world. Okay. And so we know that uh, it is like Mpox or the disease formerly known as monkeypox, but we can't call it that anymore. So just know that these outbreaks now are just going to be numbered from the who. And that's just what we're going to do. Uh, I don't know, can we call it? I mean, it's just going to be Mpox. <laughs> it's going to be called. Uh, I, what do you call AIDS? Well, HIV, Jeff. Oh, okay. What about Ebola? Is it just. I, we live in very, very strange times. So just know clearly, uh, Mpox is now the name for the disease formerly known as monkeypox. Whew, I feel better already. So now we have French scientists who are, you know, spreading fears of yet another pandemic after reviving a zombie virus that had been trapped under a frozen lake in Russia for a record 50,000 years. Oh, okay. So this is, uh, the situation would be much more disastrous than the cases of plant, animal, or human diseases caused by the revival of an ancient unknown virus. This is what it reads in the viral study. Now, the study has not been peer-reviewed, so it could be B.S. <laughs> okay. Uh, the new research was helmed by microbiologist Jean-Marie Alimpic, who, does, I mean, who doesn't love Jean-Marie Alimpic from the French National Center for Scientific Research. Uh, according to the preliminary paper, global warming, of course, is causing vast swaths of the permafrost, permanently frozen ground covering one quarter of the northern hemisphere to irreversibly thaw. This has led the alarming effect of releasing organic matter frozen up to a million years, including potentially harmful pathogens. Well, I thought this was only like 50,000 years ago. And they found some a few years ago in Siberia that was 30,000 years old. So, I guess now the new strain is one of 13 viruses that they outlined in the study, which possessed its own genome. So, after studying the live cultures, scientists found that all the zombie viruses have the potential to be infectious and are therefore a health threat. They prostitute that they could see more COVID-19 style pandemics in the future as ever-melting permafrost continues to release long dormant viruses like the microbial Captain America. Okay. So uh have we not seen uh there's been several documentaries. Uh one called, I don't know, The Walking Dead. <laughs> the other was fortitude fortitude was more like this particular zombie virus right with uh, Dennis Quaid uh they actually the virus became alive and came back to infecting humans because of uh these mastodons that were showing up had been frozen for years and because of global warming things were warming up and that they were you know, they're still dead, but their germs and their viruses were mutating and getting into humans. Oh, did I spoil fortitude for you? Oh, I'm sorry. But those are documentaries that we're used to, right? And it could definitely happen. Why mess with it? Okay, so these scientists are now messing with these viruses because we just, we have to know. I guess we have to know. We're scientists and, uh, My name is Jean-Marie Alimpec from the French National Center for Scientific Research. Now, there's also a uh, co-author, (laughs) Jean-Michel Claverie. They keep messing it. Why are we messing with these zombie viruses? Stop it. I mean, they're calling it the Pandora virus, Yadoma. After, of course, uh, the mythological character Pandora, whose curiosity led her to open a box of trouble. Hello, don't open Pandora's box. Yeah, we got it. So um, this soil, the oldest, was 48,500 years old. And so the other one, as I mentioned, that they found in Siberia was 30,000 years ago. So how about we go, hey, look at that. Let's keep it frozen. Let's not mess with it. (laughs) I'd rather watch the documentaries and just enjoy the documentaries rather than, I don't know, messing with the viruses and saying, oh, you know, we should uh, see if we could work with them because we need to find out if we could develop a cure. But before we develop a cure, we're going to go ahead and release it because we have to find out what these hibernating viruses can do. Ah, it's great. That's great, isn't it? Yep, it is. You remember Sam Brinton? Sam Brinton, the Deputy Assistant Secretary for Spent Fuel and Waste Disposition at the Department of Energy's Office of Nuclear Energy. (laughs) You remember Sam. He uh, identifies as uh, they, them and his pronouns, and he likes to train other humans as dogs and he's part of this weird not weird i apologize i don't want to use the word weird he's part of this uh these people who like to be uh who like to be trained as dogs in their life Uh not weird at all it's just a different lifestyle <laughs> uh, so anyway he was uh he was uh, charged uh, with stealing luggage at an airport at Minneapolis-St. Paul Airport way back in September. All right, so isn't it interesting that we're just finding out about it now. So uh, he's, and he's, now we find out that he's on leave from the Department of Energy's Office of Nuclear Energy, uh, where he was the secretary for spent fuel and waste disposition. Uh, He's been on leave for about a month. So they knew this was coming. They didn't talk about it. They didn't make a big deal about it. They were just waiting for the news to break because the lady uh, is, you know, they're they're going to court over this. And he could go to jail. I mean, the, you know, who knows what's going to happen? Is he going to be Convicted and go to jail or prison for five years and a fine, probably not. Um, he will probably be fined and put on probation, and you know everything will be okay. All right, but it's he's charged with felony theft of a movable property without consent. Oh, okay. So I know that he is you know one of this beautiful non-binary official. But uh, not anymore. He was placed on leave because of this. Now, he stole this luggage. Now, it's pretty fancy luggage. Uh, It's the uh, Vera Bradley suitcases, which are $2,325. Okay, it's a suitcase. Pretty pretty hoity-toity. And uh, it happened at the Minneapolis-St. Paul airport, as I said. Okay. Now, he originally said... uh, If I had taken the wrong bag, I'm happy to return it. But I don't have any clothes for another individual. Um, That was my clothes when I opened the bag. Was it? Was it, Sam? So then he called the police back a couple hours later after the first conversation and confessed to not being completely honest. Oh, yeah. You know what? I accidentally grabbed the wrong bag of luggage at the carousel due to exhaustion. I was just so darn tired. I didn't realize that it wasn't my bag. (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah. So uh, then they find out that uh, they emptied the luggage and left the person's clothes inside the drawers at the hotel room. They just left the clothes that were in the luggage at the hotel room they stayed at. Oh, Okay, isn't that interesting? And we find out that we have footage of Sam. The story is so weird because they go on. They keep saying they were later seen using. And it's not, it's not they, it's him. So he was it's just weird when they start using their pronouns to make everybody feel good in the articles. Anyway, uh, so they him, he, Sam, was later seen using the Vera Bradley suitcase on at least two occasions while traveling to Washington (laughs) DC. So he loved it. That's he wanted it. It was beautiful. And uh, they have footage of him ripping the tags off or removing the ID tag at the airport. Surveillance video has that shown. So. He was, he shouldn't have done it because, you know, there's cameras everywhere, right? We talked about this at length on this show. Always assume you're being filmed, especially in an airport. And so if you're going to take the wrong luggage, and I'm just, I'm here to help, okay? If you're going to take the wrong luggage, just take it and go, all right? Um, Just take it and go. Act like it's yours 100%. Don't look around. Don't, you know, none of it. Just take it and go. And then, you know, once you get outside and in your car, you take the tags off. So nobody sees you take the tags off. So if someone stops you prior to getting to your vehicle and says, Hey, what are you doing with that luggage? You could say, Oh, I thought that was mine. And then they look at the tags and it belongs to whoever. And you say, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Here you go. Go ahead and take it. I'm so sorry. And you're done. You're good. You're still over with. It was a mistake. But now you know that you knew it was wrong because you took the tags off right there or, you know, somewhere close to where you took the suitcase. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, you think, why? what are you doing? You're at an airport and, you I mean, you just, you are who you are and you've got to realize that you just can't take things, right? That means that you, I'm sure he's done it before, 100% he's done this before and this is just now he's got caught because and it's more important that he got caught because he works for the government right he isn't just part of the Trevor project and he isn't just another you know dog human dog trainer uh, with the Trevor project project and wearing dresses and uh, you know uh, uh, identifying as they them. He's part of the United States government. And it's a matter I mean, it's just so weird. The whole thing is weird. So, I mean, is he going to go to jail? Probably not. Will I feel bad if he serves some time for this? Mm, probably not. Probably, well, maybe. Oh, no, no. I'm torn. I don't want anyone to spend time in prison. And does he deserve time in prison for stealing a suitcase? I would say no. But he most definitely should have some probation and a fine and not be able to work for the United States government any longer. Let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink desperately. So I told you it wouldn't be long, and it hasn't been very long. Kevin Spacey now signs on for a new deal, a uh, mo- new movie role after winning his $40 million lawsuit against uh, with Anthony Rapp for alleged sexual uh, battery. And so I know he still faces uh, further sexual assault charges in the UK, but he is in a new indie movie called Control. Yes, he's going to get back into it. I told you, there's no way he's too good. I know he's a dirtbag, but he's too, you know, his work is too good. And he's not, it's just his voice in the movie, okay? So he's going to, this is, you know, he's working his way back in. He's got uh, his nose in the tent, so to speak. Uh, he's, uh, he's, He's part of, he's one of the bad guys uh, in the movie, and that's his voice. And, uh, the director, uh, and writer, Jean Feliz, uh, said, uh, you know, I, I took the controversy surrounding Spacey under consideration, but damn, eh, as wasn't concerned. Ultimately, it's an opportunity to work with one of the acting greats, and I've been a f- fan of the actor for a long time. So, there you have it. He'll be back, and, uh, good luck. Good luck. God bless. <laughs> Uh, You knew it was going to happen. You knew it wasn't going to be very long. Uh, And uh, he's back. So I told you it was going to happen. Anyway, you're welcome. You should have listened to me. Oh, you did? Okay, good. Hey, today is good news for Google and YouTube. Well, it's good news for all of us, really. Uh, Google and YouTube are announcing a $13.2 million grant to the International Fact-Checking Network. Uh, They're going to launch a new global fact-checked fund to support 135 fact-checking organizations from 65 countries covering over 80 languages. So it's good news for you and me uh, because... Well, it's all of us. Because whether you're they, them, he, she, or it, uh, whatever you identify as, it's good news. Because more importantly, I now know that we have an international fact-checking network. (laughs) And there are 135 fact-checking organizations around the globe. So that is wonderful. I mean, that's what we need. That's what we need. You know we do, and so do I. Okay, so I'm reading this story about a girl who claims uh, that she's a 22-year-old server at a sports bar in Salt Lake City, Utah. Her name in the story is Caitlin Boss. She thought it was a great waste of time at first. The tips were bad. Her base wage was two thirteen an hour. And then she tried putting her hair in pigtails to get higher tips from male customers. And it worked. So now we're supposed to feel weird about tipping better for a waitress that's wearing pigtails so she was looking up uh you know the hashtag pigtail theory and she realized that she was surprised by it but people were getting bigger tips if they just put their hair in pigtails so she started doing it and started getting more tips she also realized that if she was flirty and bubbly and wearing pigtails. They really like it. So she changed her whole attitude on serving. I guess I'm supposed to feel bad or weird because she said uh, the pigtails make her feel weird. Uh, She said, I mean, I know everyone has their own fetishes and I don't want to judge them, but it still feels uncomfortable to me, especially when they make comments about it. Well, that's what you want. One guy told me, I kept, I reminded him of the Harley Quinn who, you know, famously wears pigtails and he just kept telling me that and his buddies kept joking around with him, and his buddies were making fun of him and it was just creepy. Well, okay, so, but nothing happened. It was just restaurant banter, right? And she said, uh, the men who like my pigtails and tip highest are in their late 40s and early 50s. Okay, well, good. And she said she tries to talk to the women if they're with their wives or girlfriends so that they don't feel like I'm trying to flirt with hubby. Um, She's had tips crossed off for less money. She believes that it's because the woman said that's too much for her and, you know, wrote in more or wrote in less for her to make. Uh, It's just really strange. The whole time I'm reading this stupid article And I'm thinking, okay, well, I guess it makes sense. I mean, we tip waitresses and waiters who do a good job and who look the part, right? And if we think that this girl looks the part, then we're going to, she's going to make a lot more money. But my whole time I'm reading this thinking, I should just start a restaurant, uh, you know, pigtails and, uh, call it pigtails and, and you just make the waitresses wear pigtails. All of them, every one of them wears pigtails and it's just a you know, a wing bar or a sandwich bar or whatever you know. Pigtails and shakes, pigtails and booze, pigtails and whatever you want to call it. You know what? I'm giving it to you for free today here on Chewing the Fat. Uh, you're welcome. Uh, the million dollar idea. Go ahead and start the restaurant. Pigtails and and you choose whatever you think sounds best for your establishment, and you just make the waitresses. And waiters wear pigtails. You could have waiters with long hair that uh, wear pigtails. But (laughs) I don't want to, we're not going to be, I mean, it's it's whatever you identify as is fine. But you need to wear pigtails. And that's just, that's the rule. That's the place. That's the rule of the the establishment. Pigtails and whatever you want to add to the list. Million dollar idea from Chewing the Fat. You're welcome. So we talk about uh, the flight attendants who have a little bit of uh, you know ego, a little power. They feel that they can uh, they can do anything they want on their airplanes. We talked about it yesterday, as uh, Odell Beckham found out. And so now I see a story where this uh, award-winning travel blogger, who is based in Georgia, has spinal muscular atrophy, and he's used a wheelchair most of his life. He's traveled the world. Now he rides his wheelchair you know, up the the jet bridge to the airplane and then they put him on this aisle chair and they roll him to his seat okay so and then uh and that's not bad for him the aisle chair is uncomfortable for him but that's the deal right he rides his wheelchair up the jet bridge to the plane gets on that goes to his chair goes to his airplane seat well, they landed, and they his chair wasn't at the plane yet. So he was like, "I'm not getting off the plane until my wheelchair arrives at the edge of the jet walk to the plane." And the flight attendant—I almost said stewardess. Sorry. The flight attendant says, "Yeah, you know what? Uh, you're gonna—we're gonna need you to get off the plane. Uh, just get on the aisle chair." and uh, we'll wheel you off and then you're, whenever you're trained whenever your chair comes that's what happens well he's like um, no uh, I'm not going to get off the plane uh, I definitely wanted to get off the plane but the flight attendant is like uh, you know that you didn't want to leave the plane no I wanted to leave the, cha- the, tr- the plane but I'm waiting for my wheelchair to come to the edge of the jet walk where the plane is at to deplane, I don't want to spend all this extra time in the aisle chair. It's uncomfortable, and I had risk of developing pressure sores. So I'll wait for my wheelchair to arrive. Okay. So the flight attendant is like, uh, "No, we will, you, we have to get you off now, or I'll call uh, you know the TSA and we'll get you off this aircraft with their guns and stuff." Um, I uh, know the law. And uh, I'm the first wheelchair traveler to visit all seven continents, he believes. I mean, that's what he calls himself. So then a very nice, helpful Atlanta airport employee arrives and says, Hey, we've got your wheelchair at the door. Okay. And uh, he's ready to go. And off he went. So my point is, is that right there is a perfect example of a flight attendant trying to wheel the power that doesn't know the rules but wants this guy you've got to you've got to debar the plane and that's just the way it is and we wanted to get off the plane and he wouldn't do it he wouldn't do what we said no he was following the rules as part of this disabilities act and i'm trying to think what the heck it's called yeah here it is the uh, air carrier access act and so now Delta is saying, hey, we're sorry, uh, we're looking into it. Uh, we, of course, you know, it, we, that doesn't reflect the high standard of care Delta people aspire to every day. And so we're, we're waiting for more apologies from Delta, which he will get. And it's just the flight attendant thinking they, they got it all. You do what we say, when we say, or we'll throw you off this plane. And even if you're handicapped, even if you're handicapped, we don't care. We want you off this plane. I'm sure that they wanted, you know, to get off the plane and they wanted to deboard too. I got it. They were frustrated. And, you know, you have to wait for the workers to get that wheelchair up to, to the, you know, up to the jet bridge by the plane. And they have to go through the process. And sometimes it takes a while. And he's even admitted that. however, Uh, to be told that, hey, instead of just sitting down and talking with him and saying, well, we'll wait till, you know, we get your chair here and we'll just kind of chit chat or I'll make another phone call to find out, hey, what's up? Where's this man's wheelchair? Uh, You know, we're going to threaten to throw him off the plane. Give me a break. Give me a break. Oh, and speaking of airlines, I see where Frontier has now uh, cut their service line, their customer service line. Yeah, uh, we're trying to cut costs. Uh, The call center uh, that, you know, it would just cost too much money. Our customers don't need to speak to a real life person. Uh, You can get in touch with Frontier. You can start a live chat on the website, hit the company up on social media, or even message it up on WhatsApp. So, okay. I mean, I I want to be mad about this, but the more I read it, the more I think, yeah, you know, who is who is calling the customer helpline? Is it something that needs to be provided? I guess, uh, you know, but if you're, most of the time people are complaining or asking about what's happening on their social media sites or, you know, going to the website and chatting there. So I guess it's not that bad of a thing. It just sounds bad, Right. We're, we don't use it anymore, so and, and it's a you know a cost-cutting measure. We're just going to cut the customer service line, and so kind of weird, uh, kind of weird. But don't just you know just know that if you're flying Frontier, uh, whether you have your 7.99 all you can fly annual subscription plan, or you're just uh, ticked that it was delayed and you want to you have to rebook a flight, uh, don't call there's no line to call anymore okay use your social media app or go ahead and hit up that live chat on the website okay all right good speaking of all right good i see where jet blew. uh pilots are a little outraged is the word they used after the airline hired a violent felon to fly planes even as it refuses to hire people who haven't taken the covid vaccine citing uh safety uh two pilots Told uh, the Daily Wire that JetBlue had hired this John Perrys, who served nine years in prison for breaking into the home of a judge and attacking his daughter as she left the shower. Perrys was released from prison in 2014 and is on felony probation until 2044. Apparently, JetBlue won't hire unvaccinated pilots, but they will hire violent convicted felons to fly their airplanes. Ah, uh, okay. I mean, I. That's a tough one. Should they be hiring people who haven't taken the COVID vaccine? Uh, Yes. Yes, they should. Should they be hiring uh, felons? I mean, there's a shortage of pilots. And if the felon is, he's on probation, he needs a gig. If he hasn't done anything wrong, I mean, I feel like, yeah, you should be able to work, right? I feel like you should be able to work. However, uh, you know. This uh, it's a it's a weird situation that we're in that they will hire this person, but they won't hire someone who hasn't had the COVID vaccine. Really, really strange. That was JetBlue. So we heard a little bit of Delta, a little bit of Frontier, and a little bit of JetBlue today. Uh, the other airlines I'm gonna leave it alone today. So fly the friendly skies, will you? And if you don't want to fly, take a cruise ship. I mean, what could happen? What could go wrong on a cruise ship? I mean, could you fall off? Sure, you could fall off. We had a passenger fall off not long ago in the Gulf of Mexico, and they found him alive after 15 hours. So he fell off a Carnival cruise ship. I guess he got into trouble for vaping in the wrong places or whatever on the the cruise ship. And so then apparently they think he was drunk, and then he went overboard. So his sister, he was with his sister at a bar, went to a bathroom break, never came back. They reported him missing uh, the next day, prompting the vessel to retrace its path towards New Orleans. And the U.S. Coast Guard started a search. I don't know how much this costs. I don't know who pays for this. uh, But, uh, you know, I'm I'm glad we rescued the man. Uh, someone on a cargo ship alerted authorities after spotting the man who was seen in a dramatic uh, video being plucked from the ocean some 20 miles south of Louisiana's Southwest Pass. And I guess he had signs of hypothermia, shock, and, you know, the, I don't know. She, The family was talking about him uh, the day that he went missing, and they talked about how he kept getting in trouble. For vaping in non-designated smoke areas. Okay, all right. You're on a cruise ship, and you're outside, and you can't vape. That's a problem. That's a problem in my world. I know. That seems so. That's the world we live in now. If you're walking outside on a cruise ship, and there's open air, and you can't have, you can't vape. I mean, for sure you can't smoke. I mean, holy cow! Don't even think about smoking a cigarette. That will be, they will throw it. They'll just throw you off and they won't retrace their steps. (laughs) What happened to him? I don't know. Somebody saw him smoking and then he's missing. So good luck. God bless. (laughs) I mean, I know now I saw there's a new study where smoking is down dramatically. Uh, Let's see. Rate has fallen from 35% to 12% in the past two decades. Young adults are more likely to smoke e-cigarettes, marijuana, than tobacco. Okay. Smoking among young adults may be shifting from tobacco to e-cigarettes. Duh. Eh, You think so? So the percentage of U.S. adults who smoke cigarettes has reached a new low, 11% this year. Much of the decline is tied to sharply lower smoking rates among young adults. From 2001 to 2003, an average of 35% of U.S. adults between the ages of 18 and 29 said they smoked cigarettes compared with the 12% this last time. Wow, cigarette smoking way down. However, let me say this, uh, even if you smoke cigarettes, if you're one of the 11% and you're one of the uh, how many ever percentage of people that are smoking, uh, that are vaping, uh, you should be able to do so outside. Uh, There shouldn't be a question of you taking care of this outside. It doesn't make any sense to me. (laughs) Why? Oh, no. There's a special vape area on a cruise ship. Okay. I want to go on a cruise so bad right now. I don't know about you, but that makes me want to go on a cruise. Oh, man. Okay, you can always uh, follow me on Twitter at JeffyJFR, Facebook and Instagram is Jeff Fisher Radio, and of course uh, YouTube is Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. And you can uh, email the show anytime, uh, Chewing the Fat at I do look at them, and uh, some I respond to, others I respond here on the show. Like this one from Michael, who says hello Jeffy, spelled the wrong way, by the way, but I'll let that slide, Michael. Uh, As a follower of Jason Frank since his days as the Green Ranger through his years of martial arts tournaments in Tibet and other international areas uh, I feel like you are mocking the Green Ranger by saying it's morphing time multiple times during Who Died Today without any Power Rangers theme music and you continue to say Transformers when any Power Rangers fan knows they're called Zords. Okay, well, first of all Michael, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, second, I would like to say that I didn't go back and listen to the Who Died Today segment when I talked about Jason Frank as the Green Ranger and then turning into the White Ranger. I believe I did tell the story of the Green Ranger, and I did say that I had multiple Power Ranger uh, characters, multiple Zords. I wish I had them all now. Now I may have screwed up and called them Transformers because, uh, you know, Transformers are big in my house now and have been for a number of years. It was my oldest son who was the Power Rangers fan. And, uh, you know, I had all the characters and all the Zords and I wish I had them to this day, but I can remember selling them at a yard sale in the wagon. i remember i could see him i could see him in my yard sale now in the back of a wagon and i remember i don't know who it was but i do remember one person coming up and going "Ooh, power rangers and buying them very sad good for them congratulations but i will say this michael uh, i was not uh mocking the green ranger it is morphin time and that's when they turned into the power rangers and then they morphed into the zords i know the story okay I got it. I know the story of the Green Ranger, and then it was the White Ranger. Okay, I got it. And Jason really struggled. I read some more on Jason Frank. Uh, He was, you know, the family and the kids, and he really struggled, and it was sad that he uh, took his own life. Um, I mean, just, it's so sad when anyone takes their own life. So I would just like you to uh, know, Michael, I know that there are Power Rangers and that they were called zords and if i did call them uh transformers it was by mistake and i do apologize for that uh, because i feel like i do remember calling them transformers when i was talking about power rangers but that was simply just a mistake okay so back off me michael and it's j-e-f-f-y okay j-e-f-f-y okay thanks for the email And for those of you listening live today, as I said earlier, it is the 29th of November 2022. It's Giving Tuesday. Did you buy anything on Black Friday? I know Black Friday said the sales topped $9 billion in new record. And then yesterday was Cyber Monday. They claimed Cyber Monday pulled in $11.3 billion in sales, according to Adobe Analytics which is 5.8 percent more than consumers spent the same day last year. I can tell you, I did not add to that. Uh, I think my wife did uh, added to the Black Friday deal. Although I don't think it was, yeah, t- she did because they went to they did go to one store on Black Friday. Uh, that was it. Uh, the, her leather workshop, uh, and they went to, they went to the leather workshop, a Tandy leather and uh got some stuff on black friday so some of the fisher household went to black friday sales cyber monday uh, nope didn't do that so uh anyway it's just did you spend any money because i feel like that we spent more money and got less so you can i believe quote me on that we spent more money and got Less received less product. Wonder why that is. Wonder why that is. Did I mention that our president, the president of the United States of America, Joe Biden, uh, he uh, gave the second largest oil company, Chevron, uh, in the United States, that is, uh, a six month lease to pump oil in Venezuela, huh? we're going to pump oil in Venezuela, but we're not going to pump oil here in the United States of America. That really makes zero sense. So we're not, and sense, I mean, it makes zero sense. C-E-N-T-S and S-E-N-S-E. Okay, it makes zero. I don't understand it. (laughs) It's just incredible. Do we not? No, we must not. And I'll just stop because it just drives me insane to think about it. And I try not to talk about politics on the show because I want you to just have a little bit of fun. And I know the world revolves around politics in today's world. I get it. So I try to I try to give you a little bit of a break from it. But sometimes I just wanna explode. And that's why I do Pat's show a couple of times a week and I do uh, Mojo five Oh, once a week, I try to, you know, maybe work a little bit of politics in on that a little because, uh, you know, chewing the fat is meant to, I don't know, make you smile. And when you think about how we're allowing our oil companies to drill for oil in other countries, in communist dictatorship countries, But we're not doing it here, and our people are struggling. Which makes me get back to the point of all the money spent on Black Friday and Cyber Monday. And I feel like we spent a whole lot more and received a whole lot less. Maybe it's just me. (laughs)